Hi, this is Corey Turner, and along with my wife Simone, we are the senior pastors of Numa Church. I wanted to thank you for listening to our podcast today. You're about to hear a message from one of our team that we pray builds your faith and empowers you to follow Jesus more closely. Enjoy the message. There's a couple of things I want to release, and it's interesting hearing about the wonderful offering and what God's, because what Father gave me was before I came and heard that, and and just for the sake of integrity, I, I know you always believe me if I say that. But one thing Sally and I do is when Father downloads to us before we come to a place and we don't know what's going on is we always screenshot the notes that God gives us so they're time-stamped pre the thing. And God said this to, to me to, to release over you, Jason Lives, but I, I really feel it's for you, but I, I, I think it's for you as the, 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 the head here, but I think it's just for you as the church. It was so clear. And it's, again, a screenshot before I came in, and it is simply this. Don't retreat, advance, and taking ground is more important than taking steps. I've never said it before in my life. And this is what he, this is, and, and, and when he speaks to me, he often, a lot of people maybe hear things. I, 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 I see the words, so I see I literally see punctuation, I see bold, I see capitals, I, and that's how it goes in my notes. And I heard, don't retreat, and then I heard, and, and it was semicolon, advance, which is not grammatically correct, but it's what God is intending. <laughs> don't retreat means you can just stay where you are. And the Lord said, that's not what I'm saying. Don't retreat means advance. That's deeper than some of us realize, but I'm just planting it. I'm not here to reap the harvest for you. I'm here to plant the seeds. There's something in this for you as a church. Don't retreat does not mean stay where you are. It means advance. It means advance. It doesn't mean you have to be so frantic that you wear yourself out and some people need some rest. But you know what? If rest is what God wants you to do in a certain season, that is advancing. Did you hear what I said? If if. If working is what God wants you to do and you're resting, then that's not advancing. Advancing is doing what God says to do in a season. We've got to understand times and seasons better in the church. Because what we do is we see something that works and then we put a blanket over, this is what you do. And we look at other people that aren't doing it and say, why aren't you doing it? Well, maybe God says their season is something different than yours and mine. We've got to have more wisdom and understanding what our season is and more grace for what someone else's season is. Don't retreat, semicolon, advance. Is that good? Yeah. And taking ground. Come on. I was when I heard you about the offering and we were looking for a new place. God said taking ground is more important than taking steps. That's what he said to me. So I'm going to leave that. I'm not going to over... Um, go beyond what God has said to me. One other thing that he said to me, and then I'm going to bring this message, and then we're just going to see what happens. <laughs> now those people do know me. <laughs> Be kind to me, people. The, uh, our next meeting's tomorrow afternoon. So the, the, the next thing I saw before I bring... The message is, I heard the word limitless, but I heard it as limitless. It wasn't limitless. 
It was limitless. And then God said two things. He said, limit God less and limit yourself less. Limitless. Limitless. The word of the Lord for some of us in this room today is limit God less. Don't tell me he can't do it. There's a line in the song. Don't tell me he can't do it. Don't tell me he can't do it. But it didn't happen, Steve. We have all prayed for some things that haven't happened. But are we going to anchor ourselves to what hasn't happened or to God himself? I truly believe the greater expression of faith is not that you still believe when God answers your prayer, but that you still believe when God doesn't answer your prayer. Don't measure yourself by answers to prayer when it's God that does the supernatural. We're told to pray. God does the healing. So don't step back when you pray and someone doesn't get healed. Go again. Go again. Go again. If you, if, you, if you feel like your faith has been shaken because of what hasn't happened, I just want to come to you today and say, limit God, let's limit yourself, let's, let's go again. But it, might, but it hasn't happened. I, I truly believe in God that things have a tipping point, that things have a tipping point, that there's enough prayers, there's enough things that go into it. One day there's a tipping point. Come on, there's a parable that Jesus said about the persistent widow that comes and, and come on, she just kept on going. There's an answer, not because... They were a friend, but because their persistent was wearing the person down. Now, God's not this God that is we wear him down, but there's a principle in God, and you see it all throughout Scripture that I, I just want to put before us today. I mean, the, the walls of Jericho coming down, it took persistence. God could have brought them down on one day, but it's not walk around it one day, and the next day go out and walk around it again, and the third day go around six days, and then on the seventh day, seven times. Or Naaman with leprosy, he could have... Come on, God could have just touched him through the prophet and he got his healing. But no, no, go go to the, the river and dip in it. Not once, but dip seven times. Why, why, why? Sometimes God just says, I want to know if you'll actually go to the point of completion. Push past the point of comfort or convenience or understanding. I can tell you right now, there's more about God I don't know than I do know. The longer I walk with him, the more questions I have, but the more answers I also have. But many of the answers I have now are different than the answers I had five or ten years ago. Anybody else? Let's not limit God. He's limitless. So let's limit God less. Hallelujah. But also limit yourself less. There's nothing that God calls you young men to do and be that you can't be nothing it has no relevance what anyone else says if god calls you and god says you can do this and god calls you to something the oldest person in this room you're still breathing because god still has things for you to do limit yourself less my days are gone I'm, i'm sort of past that you're still breathing you're still here for a reason you're here for a purpose there's people to encounter god through your life There's people to encounter God through my life. 
limit yourself less. It's not about big noting ourselves or promoting ourselves, but I, I, I really believe with all my heart lives that the, the world that we live in, Australia that we live in, needs an encounter with Christians that have a bit more confidence in God and a bit more confidence in the God that's in them. I don't have confidence in myself, but I've got a heck of a lot of confidence in the God that's in me. That's, the Bible says, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. Listen to what it says. Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. But what we do is we think less of the God that's in us. Let's not confuse the issues. John the Baptist did say, yes, he must increase and we must decrease. But you've also got Paul who comes and, and, and introduces himself and writes his letters. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. Not arrogance, but I know my assignment. I know my kingdom assignment. Do you know your kingdom assignment? Because it's not to take up space on a pew. There is a kingdom assignment with your name on it. If you say, not me, Steve. If you're a believer, if you're breathing, there is. And if you're not a believer, there's still a kingdom assignment with your name on it. Limit God less. Limit yourself less. Do you receive it? That's what you call entree. Hallelujah. Whew. I don't want to preach a long time. I want to share for a little bit and then I'm learning to see what Father wants to do, what he is doing, what he wants to do in a meeting. And part of what he wants to do is he said, I want to identify some things and deliver some things. Identify and deliver. Don't get freaked out thinking, oh, no, do you deliver. Deliverance. Deliver means set free. Deliver means set free. And might there be deliverance today? I, uh, maybe. If, if that's what, if that, what needs to set you free, then take it. Don't, don't, don't miss out on a lifetime of freedom because some moments of, come on. Yeah. Someone with a badly dislocated shoulder, man, they, don't touch it, don't touch it, don't touch it. Oh, thank you. But the pain gets worse in that moment. I'm just, gonna, I'm just saying, uh, but for many people, I think God wants to identify, there's, there's, there's one thing that he is, I just want to remove that. And take you into a deeper level of freedom. I'm just telling you where we're going. But now come with me on the journey because it's actually a real beautiful journey. I heard the phrase very, very clearly for you. I've never preached any of this before. This is what God gave me for you, Numa Perth South. He said, go after the one thing. If you want a title, it's go after the one thing. Tonight we're going to go after the one thing. I heard the Lord say too many people are spread too thin and too many things are getting our attention. Anyone, does anyone just have any connection to that statement that we're spread a bit thin and too many things are getting our attention? Anybody? And this is what God wants to speak into here, but he's going to do it a little bit differently tonight. And I want to thank you guys for, the, again, the way you live worship because you don't know what I'm speaking on and all the songs. And I want to start 
And I want to talk about the greatest ongoing one thing is deepening intimacy with God. You know that in here. But I just want to come and place it before us. And I just want to hang with Father with you. Can we do that? Can we be intimate with the Father right now? Can we do that, my friends? I don't want to preach a message. It's not polished. It's, it's just God said go after the one thing. And the, the greatest ongoing one thing is deepening intimacy with God. It's not salvation. It's deepening intimacy with God. It's not being in church. It's deepening intimacy with God. It's not having it all sorted out, worked out, everything in this nice little compartment is deepening intimacy with God. It's not increased faith and seeing more miracles. Come on, church. It's deepening intimacy with God. It's ongoing deepening. That is the one thing, the one thing, the one thing. And I want to just bring this to you from the life of the um, King David, who was known as a man after God's own heart. And the Apostle Paul, who was the greatest apostle of faith. And Mary, who was, did such a wonderful thing that says that every time the story is read, people are going to remember what she did 2,000 years later. But all of them went after the one thing. And where we're going to end up is we're going to look at what is the one thing that would keep you from the ongoing greatest one thing of deepening intimacy with God. Did it make sense? We're going to look at the greatest one thing right now. Go after the one thing. What's the one thing that we want to go after all the days of our life? God, I want to go after deep intimacy with you because that's the one thing, oh God, that all eternity will be measured by. But in my life and in your life, what is the one thing that could keep me from that one thing? Because that's what God wants to identify and deliver us from tonight. Amen. King David said this in Psalm 27, verse 4. Psalm 27. This is King David. This is the one who had a whole nation to run. Talk about a long to-do list, right? A lot of things competing for his attention. And again, I just want to share for a little bit, and then we're going to step back into the presence of God. But David said this in Psalm 27, verse 4, one thing I ask from the Lord. Everyone just listen to me before I go any further. I feel the Lord just saying to every one of us in this room right now, sometimes as preachers, you can almost like try to push people towards a certain place. True? You just want to push it in there. I feel like the Lord just say right now, Simply read the scriptures and don't, and, and don't overly push this. Just allow the Holy Ghost just to draw me into the Father's heart. I don't want to twist your arm. I just want to place before you the absolute truth. And King David said this, one thing I ask from the Lord. This only do I seek, a man who had to rule a nation. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To gaze on the beauty of the Lord, and how many of our songs were centered around that. And to seek him 
in his temple. There is nothing more beautiful than a life of someone who has encountered God and is so deeply satisfied in him and then continues to pursue him for more and more and more. A.W. Tozer writes on that so brilliantly, this, this whole thing I've tasted. It's like when you taste and see that God is good, the taste that you've had doesn't satisfy you. Oh, oh, it touches you deeply. But if we're satisfied on the taste we had 10 years ago, can I say something needs to shift and change in our lives? David, see this one thing. I'm, this is all I'm asking. I want to, I love that line. To gaze on the beauty of the Lord. To gaze on, if we can be flippant about God, then I can tell you right now, there's so much greater depth for us to enter into. Go with me to Philippians chapter 3, the Apostle Paul. And Philippians 3, verse 7 to 14. Again, by way of context for those that might not know your, your Bible so well, the Apostle Paul was formerly a terrorist called Saul who persecuted the church, scattered the Christians, stood there giving consent as they literally killed the first Christian martyr called Stephen. He was a man who brought more terror on the church than anybody else. And through a radical encounter on the road to Damascus, Jesus was revealed to him. He was blinded. His natural sight was taken away. God touched him deeply. And he was commissioned to become an apostle of the faith, the greatest apostle that we read in the, and so much of the New Testament was written by him. He was a man who knew God. He had such a, an undeniable encounter. Maybe you're here because you've had an undeniable encounter with the Lord. And I say, I, I just celebrate that. But I also would encourage you, while we read this scripture, let's not settle for the radical encounter that we previously had. There is more. And this Apostle Paul who knew God so well, in Philippians 3, verse 7 to 14, this is what it says. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ. Please hear, this is a man who knew Christ beyond what you and I could probably ever imagine, his revelations, and he goes, but I want to know him. He repeatedly writes in Ephesians 1.17, I keep on asking that the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ will give us the spirit of wisdom and of revelation so that we might know God better. Knowing God is beautiful, but it's not the pinnacle of life. It's the doorway into knowing Him better. We have so much to unlearn as well as learn. We have so much history for God to actually reshape and redefine 
refine it and actually bring clarity because many of us who know God know God through the sieve of our history, including the good and the bad. Yes. And God, I don't want to know you. I want to know you as you are. John on the island of Patmos, when he saw the Lord as he is in the resurrected state, rewind back to the Gospels. He was the one who lent against Jesus and was so close to Jesus, was the closest. In fact, Peter, bold Peter, at one time wanted to ask Jesus something and he went through John and said, can you ask Jesus because you're his favourite. This John who was the one who identified himself as the one that Jesus loves, that same John who couldn't be closer to Jesus on a natural level, saw him in Revelation 1 as he is now in his glorified state and he fell at his feet as though dead. God wants us to move us from seeing the man Jesus to the resurrected, ascended and glorified Jesus. We must come through the man who walked and the man who lived and the man who died. But I want to tell you, he is not walking around looking the same way. Oh, no. He described in Revelation 1 to the place where our breath is taken away by the glory and majesty of God. Prophet Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up and fell down. And this Paul, who knew God, who knew God, said, I want to know Christ. I want to know him. God said the word of the Lord tonight for you and me is this, go after the one thing. The greatest ongoing one thing is deepening. Everyone say deepening. Say it again, deepening. It's deepening intimacy with God. Honestly, our view of God will determine our intimacy with God. Our view of God will determine our intimacy with God. The same Paul said in Philippians 3, verse 17 onwards, he says, I pray that you will have power together with all God's holy people, that you might grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love that is Christ, the love that is God, God is love. And to know this love, this God that surpasses your knowledge, the beautiful result, you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of the stature of Jesus Christ. I just pray for us as a church that we will give our lives to the greatest one thing, and that is that ongoing deepening relationship and intimacy with God. Verse 10, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death and so already and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained all of this. Not that I've already arrived at my goal. Doesn't that give us all a little bit of hope? But I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. And I want to stand before you as a man of God, as a prophet of God, say, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't taken hold of this. All This is as much for me today as it is for you. 
This is a much, God, I want to give my life to go in after that one thing, the greatest one thing of deepening intimacy. And then he says this, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and stepping toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. I want to know Christ. And then Mary, I want to read this and then and to just take a few moments on this question. Luke 10, 38 to 42. Such a well-known story, Luke 10, 38 to 42. David said this one thing I ask. This one thing I seek after. Paul says, I know God, but oh man, I want to know him. I want to count everything else but loss for the surpassing worth of knowing him. And now we come to Luke 10, 38. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. What's that? That's intimacy. He sat at the feet of Jesus. Can I hear that? Can I just tell you the greatest prayers are not the prayers that you and I author, but the greatest prayers are the greatest are the prayers that God authors that we partner with. Talking to God is wonderful, but it's nowhere near as good as listening to God. My talking to God is much more effective if I'm talking in accordance with what He's saying to me. Does that make any sense? I can be talking flat out to God for hours on end. And sometimes it's, it's, it's a religious duty. It's something I should do. But here we're introduced into the life of this lady called Mary. It says, and she sat at the Lord's feet listening. Everyone say listening. Listening to what he said, but Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. Listen again, my dear friends. Martha gets a bad rap, but the preparations that had to be made was Martha, not Mary, invited Jesus into her home. And she was honoring Jesus. She, she, she wanted to look after him, prepare the meal, clean, clean things for him. She wanted to serve Jesus. That's the preparation she was doing. That's why it even says in Hebrews eleven six, without faith it's impossible to please God. And anybody who comes to him must believe that he exists. See, that, that's the salvation. That's believing in God. That's knowing God, right? That's not full stop. Must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. I fear in the body of Christ we've replaced it with the, those who earnestly serve him. Seek him. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, seek me and find me. Verse 13, rather, 29, 13, he says, you will seek me. And you will find me if you seek me with all your heart. It doesn't mean you don't have another thought. It means that's the greatest priority and the passion and pursue of every moment of your day. Lord, I want to know you, Paul said. 
I want to know you, David, this one thing. And here we have Mary sitting at the Lord's feet and Martha was distracted. Again, there's no wasted, redundant words in Scripture. It says Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. Anyone been there? Things that have to be done. And she came to him, Martha came to Jesus and said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you're worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. We're talking about go after the one thing. And Mary has chosen what is better. Jesus didn't say Mary chose what was good. It was just better. And this will not be taken away from her. The greatest ongoing one thing. Oh, even as David articulated this one thing, I just want to gaze on your beauty. I want to dwell in your house. Paul, I want to, I want to count everything as lost. I just want to know you more. Mary, I want to sit. I want to sit at your feet. I just want to, I want to be in your presence and hear from you. This cannot be taken away from her. I wonder how many things I give my attention to, my energy to, come on, my fears to, my, my, I wonder how many of those things eternally won't matter. I wonder how many things I am flailing myself to achieve won't matter in comparison to the surpassing greatness of knowing Him. The greatest, God said to me, his language was not, he didn't say talk on the one thing. He said, go after the one thing. And then he said this, and I'm almost done. He said, what is the one thing that could keep you from the one thing of the ongoing deepening Intimacy with God. Every person in this room, I want to speak into your spirit right now. I want to speak into your spirit. I'm not talking about the many things and all the... Maybe distraction is the one thing. But you don't have to list the distractions. Distraction itself is the one thing. For some, fear is the one thing. There's, there's, there's a one thing, an interesting language. When Paul talked in that Philippians passage that we read, he said this one, he's just, his whole thing is I want to know you, I want to know you, I want to count everything but loss. And then he lists his one thing that could keep him from that. He says this one thing I do, I've got to forget what's in the past. Why? Because I used to kill Christians. And I still have nightmares at night. This is real. I can't imagine him hearing the, the screams of the people as they're losing their life, being stoned to death at his word. He goes, I want to know Christ, but there's one thing 
that could keep me from that. I, I'm, I'm stating this one thing. I've got to forget what is behind me. And I've got to strain ahead. There's effort there. Why? Because sometimes these things keep on coming back. Anyone been there? Man, this is probably one of my greatest enemies, the things that keep on coming, attacking me. This one thing, what is the one thing? In the passage of Mary and Martha, the one thing was identified. Mary's there sitting, and Jesus addressed it. Martha made one comment, and what is Jesus' words? Martha, Martha, you are distracted by many things. She only mentioned one thing, but it's the one thing that kept her from the intimacy was distractions. Paul, it was his past. Martha, it was distractions. My question to you today is what is your one thing that could keep you from the one thing of deepening intimacy with God? And I heard this phrase, I've got it written down, I see the altar. And the altar is anywhere in this room right now. Becoming a place of embracing the one thing of deepening intimacy with God. Please hear the language. I saw this altar of this night becoming a place of embracing the one thing of deepening ongoing intimacy with God by letting go of the one thing that could stop the pursuit of ongoing deepening intimacy with God. And that's why I felt the Lord say, I want to identify it so I can deliver, set you free from it. Thank you for joining us for this message today. We don't assume that every person listening has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so today, we invite you to begin following Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. The Bible teaches that every one of us has been created for a relationship with God. Sin has separated us from that relationship, but God loved us so much that He gave us His one and only Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus lived, died, and rose again, conquering sin, Satan, and death itself. If we believe in our hearts that God has raised Jesus from the dead and we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. So if you are ready to pray in faith, turning away from your sin and believing in Jesus for your salvation, please pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God and I ask you to forgive me and cleanse my heart from all of my sin. I receive by faith the free gift of eternal life and I ask that you would fill me with the Holy Spirit. I thank you that I am born again as a child of God and that you have made me a new creation in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you have prayed that prayer for the first time, we would love to know and help connect you to a local church in your area. You can contact us on our website, numa.church. Thank you for listening.